going on? What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Marvel Roundtable. On this installment, we are back once again to the continuation of Phase 5 and seeing just what happens in the Multiverse Saga. But this time, we're actually continuing by ending an era. It's not only James Gunn's last MCU film so far, but also it could be the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy. How does it all end, and does it pay off? We'll talk about it right here on the Marvel Roundtable. Welcome back, everyone, to the Marvel Roundtable right here on the Horny Go YouTube channel and the Horny Go Podcast Network, where you can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, you guys know the deal. It is the Marvel Roundtable, the show where we break down each and every single show and movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And guess what? A couple stuff has come out since the last time, including this movie we're going to be talking about, which is one that, um, I'll be honest, out of all three of the movies coming out this year under the MCU banner, uh, this was the one I was the most anticipated for. But we're going to break it down and see, does it live up to the hype that the Guardians have given us so far in the MCU. You guys know the deal. I am Conan. I got with me the wonderful Heather and uh, everyone's favorite raccoon-faced motherfucker, Canadian Basement. What's going on, everybody? So much. That's, an, that's an ominous sign. I've got so much going on in my life, I can't even begin. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, for those of you guys who didn't get a chance to listen, of course, don't forget to check out No Bucks Given, the show we do every single week where we just do kind of a random hodgepodge of stuff and a roundtable discussion as well as all the other cool stuff we got going on, like our weekly video game videos that we do live. And, of course, the uh, HGGM mode, which we got SummerSlam coming up this week. That's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, we're back with the Marvel Roundtable. And, uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. There was a lot... I. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like there was like a lot of hype going into this one uh, externally when they were announcing all the movies for the next wave coming out. Yeah, yeah, there was. Because uh, not only was it James Gunn's last movie that we didn't know about until it was announced that he was going to be taking over the DCEU, but we knew it was also going to be Chris Pratt's last actual standalone Guardians movie. So there was a lot of hype behind this. There was a lot of emotions that were supposed to be going into this. And then on top of that, you have the wonder of who's dying in this film, just like with <laughs> Ant-Man. <laughs> so it, it, it was very, very well hyped. I'm on the fence as to whether it was overhyped or not. Fair enough. Basement, what, what about you? So, I mean, I pretty much agree with the fact that it was hyped to, uh, like, we got to rewind time now, because this movie's been out for a while, right? Um, not like, well, I mean, it went to theaters and time has gone by, and yeah, at the beginning of the year, I'd say when we talked about the projects that were going to come out, Guardians of the Galaxy for me was the one I was looking forward to the most, mainly because it's part of the old guard that, that I would say the good Marvel movies, <laughs> uh, not this new, like, B to C to D level heroes and stand-ins that they're just not for me. Um, so I was hyped then. After watching Ant-Man 
and <laughs> pretty sorry. much a lot of Marvel stuff. I'm sorry. I knew I wasn't gonna like. I'm like, you know what? The, the hype train for me was like at the beginning of the year. Yep. Now I wasn't too hyped. And even when beginning to watch it, I was gonna be like, I'm just gonna go and my fresh in my memory is fucking Quantumania. So I'm like, I'm gonna just go in expecting. It's probably not gonna be worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, I think that did me. That was good for me doing that because I didn't go in feeling like the hype train had gone away with this movie. I also don't like this. It might just be a me thing, but I never really heard a huge amount of stuff from people that watched it. Mm -hmm. Like I usually I'll, I'll know more about something from you, Connor. Mm -hmm. And I don't know this. I don't know if you went to the theaters for this. You never really talked about it. And that's why I kind of never really got the, the continued hype for something or yeah. like I'm going to look for this well, when I'm watching it, you know? Well, it's a unique situation because like like kind of like you guys both said that there was like there was a lot of hype for it but for for different weird reasons. Like the story was very very shrouded in mystery. I mean, we generally knew where the story was going just from the commercials and trailers and stuff. But for the most part like we all knew like behind the scenes like yes, this is the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie and they and James Gunn made it very clear in a lot of his press and stuff that this is, or rather Kevin Feige was like, this is the last iterations of the Guardians of the Galaxy, which means, oh, could there be a different version of them or whatever? And then, of course, the James Gunn news of, of him going over and, and basically being the Kevin Feige of DC for uh, Warner Brothers. Um, you know, so there's a lot of excitement of like, oh, shit, he's coming out with one more Guardians of the movie. Uh, how How's this going to happen? Like Heather said, who's going to die? Let's play the guessing game. That, that fun Marvel trope. Um... But there was a lot of intrigue and mystery about, like, how the hell is this going to, like, this is the last time of the Guardians, but, like, Thanos is a thing, but yet it's not, it's a, it's it's in a, its own weird place, in, in a good way, which we'll get to in a minute as far as the plot. But, yeah, it's, like, excitement, hype, but a whole lot of, just, like, uncertainty. And, and my big theme for this one is, at least in my opinion, is going to be the word closure, which we'll get to. Uh, hopefully at the end of this stream. But uh, we got some wonderful people in the chat, too. We got Alpha. What's up, Alpha? And that's the wonderful person in the chat. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. He sure is. God damn. <laughs> God damn right. That's why he's the uh, alpha. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, there's a couple things, I guess, like, I don't know if people are going to still talk a bit more before we get into, like, the plot of yeah. the story here. Um, there's a couple things, like, I, I, so I went into this movie, pretty good recollection of what happened in the first one and the second one yep. and kind of the like vibe I'm expecting from this one. Yes. But while I was watching it, now I don't know if this was just me, and I finally like I was like, Some something feels a bit off. Uh -huh. And then I think I found what it is. It's the fact that when Guardians One came out, yep. It was the only really base superhero story they were telling. Yeah. Now I think that's been like that, that whole, like yeah it's just the commonplace now every almost every fucking thing they're doing now takes place in space yeah so it it loses some of that special this is the only place you're gonna see this yes no I, and I think I, that really helped it when the first movie came out and yeah. it hurts this movie a bit well you gotta think that like Avengers Infinity War and Endgame for better or for worse. And I think I said this when we were doing the review was it's the equivalent of like putting all, like literally taking all your toys and action figures and throwing them into a giant fucking pile. One one thing that the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's kind of doing it a lot more obvious now, but it was also doing it in the earlier stages. At least and this is just my opinion. 
uh, was genres. They were hitting. They mm-hmm. were trying to hit different genres yeah. in different areas and different like um, styles or types of movies and shows. So you have obviously like Cap. You have pockets of different worlds and realms and stuff. And you know the Avengers coming together every once in a while was neat. But then when you put like every fucking buddy in there, you obviously like you're bringing in space now. Like Thor's in space. Like everyone's in fucking space. So to your point, baseman, for five minutes later of answering your question, I I felt the same way too because. Infinity War and Endgame kind of spoiled us, I think, a little bit as far as like, oh, space is just another place. It, it wasn't you also just feel... that. It was also all three of the Thor movies. Yeah, yeah. and that's recent too. I was just thinking about it. Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, yep. Ant-Man, Quantum... It, it might as well have been in space, for fuck's sake. Yeah, they were well. fucking <laughs> Googly land. So like, uh, yeah, the last couple, and <laughs> I think they're going to have... <laughs> whatever. They're going to have... Uh, uh, the Marvel's movie is probably going to be in space. Or it is. They're going to have a lot. Of, yeah, yeah so it it's the land then, of it's space guess, world now. Guess, guess what the next thing we're reviewing is. Secret Invasion. That's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's like that, I know it has to do with aliens and shit, but like what? It's grounded on Earth, is. though. Yeah. A lot of okay. that. All of that. Pretty I still much have to watch that. Hard. You guys have seen it. Um, yeah. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to say too, though, like uh, I think the success of Guardians. Uh, kind of triggered something, and it was one of those aiding blocks for the MCU to be like, we want that g- comedy, and we want to, like, a lot of projects, like, for lack of a better term, aped James Gunn comedy style, never did it as good, and it only, they only seemed like cheap, cheap imitations, but you see enough cheap imitations, and it kind of dulls the real thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, you see enough people trying to co- co- uh, copy Quentin Tarantino, you're like, I've seen this somewhere. I know it's not as good as I'll, this, but I'll give you I've per- seen it somewhere. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Remember they were doing the scary movies, and like then they did, like, epic yes. movie, and then the last one was, like, yeah. Meet the Spartans. It was like, oh, my God, you guys are a parody of yourselves. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. That's pretty much... Get like to a way worse extent, but it's a good, uh, <laughs> good, good uh, comparison. I wish I didn't um, know that. There's one more thing that I thought, and because, and I wouldn't have thought it, but yep. I'm like, fuck, some of this shit is similar to me somehow when I'm watching this movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about other MCU movies, just mm-hmm. the the way, the style, James Gunn's style, yes. and I'm not talking about the other things he's done. And I'm like, oh my god, he's taking over DC. He is like the the other face of the same coin of Zack Snyder. Pretty they, much, they, yes. Their styles are so similar, just one's dark and one's light. Yeah. <laughs> and taking down to the the score and the slow-mo <laughs> so use, oh true. my god. And I'm like, this is why they got him. James <laughs> he's Snyder, not gonna, Zack he's still gonna he, He's still gonna produce a similar style of movie, but it has that, like, Marvel-esque enough of that comedy tick where it says Snyder is like everything is dark the world is what's, ending what's the, everything what, is grimy and gritty what's the difference between these films well that one's got purple and orange and that one's got black one's and gray black. <laughs> yeah it is like oh wait I mean, sorry that's light very black. similar <laughs> I was just I was watching this movie and I'm like why the fuck am I getting Watchmen vibes <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and it's man. a completely now, different movie, now but I the, watch connection is, the connection is there at times. Holy shit. Now I want to watch Watchmen, goddammit. <laughs> so, um... Flashbacks. Jesus Christ. What? Yeah. That's, that's what... That's, I mean, this movie reminded me of Watchmen. Uh, it's like... It's a weird pull, but the more you think about it... No, like, <laughs> you're right. The more I am thinking about it, I'm like, God, God damn it. Um, <laughs> Alright, so... Uh, Obviously, this takes place after uh, the blip, after all the things that happened 
at the end of Avengers Endgame and Inf- or Infinity War and Endgame. Um, a little bit of tip, a little bit of like tidbit of trivia. I'm not sure if you guys watched it, but there was a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special that took place. Oh, I, um, I did not see it, but I think that's why I did. I'm like, who the f- what the fuck is there a dog? <laughs> So, oh, okay. So that's so that's Cosmo, the Russian dog that was rescued from the collector. They rescued all the animals and stuff. I kind of figured, like I know the character a little yeah. bit, like I know of Cosmo. I'm yeah. like, okay, there's Bad dogs dog. here, Bad and dog. then I had to think for a minute. I'm like, oh, they had a fucking made-for-TV special Bad that dog. I never saw. Um, but the Christmas special, there really wasn't much to take away from it. I I personally enjoyed it for what it was. It's like, oh, it's a cute little Christmas special. But they did reveal one thing in there that, not that it's a huge, really major like plot point, but obviously that uh, Mantis and uh, Peter Quill are half-siblings because Ego is their father. So, uh, Fun little factoid that has really not much of relevance in this, but just thought I'd bring it up in case people comment on it for whatever reason. Um, I still think you should watch it, though. I thought it was cute and funny for what it was. It is cute and funny. You got a good song out of it, too. And Kevin Bacon was fucking. <laughs> he was a trooper in that too. That was that was some good stuff. That was the fucking. Geez, Maybe I'll watch sorry, it during I... the holiday season. I, I, I don't don't like expect a whole lot of weight and brevity to it. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, but James Gunn did direct. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was the like, last holiday it's... special I'm thinking of is fucking Star Wars. Oh, Jesus Christ! That <laughs> was a horror. Yeah, put the I feel like we need to rewatch that together and enjoy oh, that together. <laughs> yeah, well, we got to have to do a lot of drugs. Um, so, yeah. so of course, um, without going into spoilers, real quick, rapid fire, general, yay nay on the movie. Overall, I enjoyed the movie. Um, there are certain parts of the movie where it's just like, huh, and then it's other parts are just like, sure, why not? It's a James <laughs> Gunn movie. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there when we get there. Um. That there, there's also some things in that movie that I was messaging you privately about as well on the side with this fucking movie. That yep. Just like, oh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Just why? But um, overall, again, I for what the movie was, and that it is indeed the end of the Chris Pratt era as leader of the Guardians for a standalone Guardians movie, I enjoyed it. It was too long, in my opinion. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I feel like it was a little bit on the long side. You're right. It, it, it was just too long. Too many parts of that movie where they could have cut out and put either something else in More or just moving right along. You know? But, yeah. How about you, Mr. Basement? In all honesty, out of all the movies we've watched for uh, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this one for me is the hardest for for me to place it Ooh, because yeah. I know it's a good movie, but for like, I'm with Heather 100 percent with how the movie's too long, and it's sorry it's not too long it it's too long with the way it's made yes there's there's things I think they should have done with some of that time because there is a there's probably two to three too many like scenes where the characters are like it just drags on bickering or talking too much with each other yeah that could have been used to develop some places that needed some help developing but i was also like this like i I find it so hard because it feels like it's almost an avengers yes but also not as well made (laughs) because (laughs) they don't like because 
there's too much. There's like multiple movies in this. I know and what you mean. I just the way you phrased it was great. It's, it's, it's so hard to. This is why I was like, I don't know how I'm really going to describe this movie because <laughs> I know something's wrong with it. I know there's a couple things wrong with it. Overall, I did enjoy it. And overall, I think it's an enjoyable movie. But it's, it's like. like, like describing me for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> there's, just, there's just something there. Um, there's things I really like. Yeah. And then there's moments where I'm like, do I really like them? So what I was I was about to, so, so what I was about to say, and this will be the last question I throw to you guys before we actually get into the actual plot and whatnot. Would you say, and, and be honest, because I'll I'll be I'll be honest and say that yes, I am guilty of this. Do you think that your opinion of the movie was influenced by the fact that we know this is like this is a finale? Like this is like there's a it's essentially for lack of a better term, it's a finale. Yes. Uh, the th- some of the things I didn't like about the movie, I was more forgiving. That's what I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, either way. I, I yeah. think, I think it was, I was more influenced in both ways, but a bit more where I was more forgiving of some of the real hokey shit that happened in this movie, mm-hmm. because I'm like, okay, they want to have like a wrap up. That's not so dour. Uh, I get it, but it, it was very like, if the, the actual very ending of this movie is Am I watching a Bollywood movie? Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's it's it it fits right, and it fits kind of like the genre that they're going for. I do think we have a strong contender for the best uh, trilogy, like uh, the most yeah. consistently best yep. trilogy. Yep. Uh, and uh, I mean, not saying individual movies. I think there's better movies than all of the Guardians movies. Mm. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. But if you have to take three of those movies that are telling a story of those specific people, um, it's probably – oh, I want to say the Avengers, but there's fucking four of them. Well, the fir- maybe the first yeah. one? If I cut out – almost the first one, the second one – sorry, the first one, the third one, and the fourth one. <laughs> Get rid of the second one. <laughs> yeah. All right, there you go. Then maybe I'd go there. But it's weird because it's not really a – complete set there's going to be more of them and they go on forever so i i like i'm, I'm comparing like the iron man's the i think the closest would be captain america maybe the yeah, captain I, america I mean, trilogy I, in comparison I, I think the cap trilogy for like individual ones in my opinion i know i'm fucking biased fuck off i, I love cap uh is the best one in my opinion I, honestly, Iron Man was such a close second. If Iron Man three was not just a whole fucking left turn, Iron Man three was terrible. Was but Iron Man one, for me, classic. was the only one I really cared about. Yeah, more I, like to in all honesty, Captain America had. That's why I said Captain America and Guardians of the Galaxy, very different movies, but I'd put them at the, as the top yep. trilogies. The Captain America three in this. Not the Iron Man. Um, no, Iron Man no. is a good movie, <laughs> but uh, the third one is atrocious. Uh, Crazy Blade says he gives it a six. That's fair. I, it's so weird because I'm watching this movie. And I'm like, you know, you're going to get people that give this a 10 and a nine and an eight. Yeah. And then you're going to get the people that is like a four or five. And yeah. I think nobody's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's a very, it's a very difficult movie to grade fairly oh, because it be. depends on how it impacts you while you're watching it. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, let's kick this bad boy off. Uh, so this is going to be weird because obviously I'm using um, some review notes from IMDb uh, that I've done so many times on this before. But uh, they obviously don't paint the picture of how it's being portrayed at one part in the movie. And specifically, it's the flashbacks. 
So uh, what I'll do is I'll kind of try and and basically state that at the beginning here, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy established their new headquarters on a rebuilt nowhere. So that's the new area that's the it's the giant floating head where they found the collector uh, previously. The night after settling in, they are attacked by Adam Warlock, a superpower being created out of revenge by his mother, the Empress of the Sovereign Aisha, from previously stealing. uh, Sorry, for previously stealing from her people. They are ordered to. Oh, no, I'll wait on that part right there. Um, So the attack happens. Everything all sorts of chaos ensues. And it's found out that Rocket is severely damaged. Uh, He's seriously injured, leaving the Guardians unable to tend to his wounds due to a kill switch embedded in him. The team resolves to travel to Oroscope, headquarters of uh, a certain company, Orgo... Orgocope. Oh yeah, I said that right. Or- yeah, yeah, just fucking Orgocope. Even in the movie, I'm like, okay, in, in fuck the, this name. <laughs> in the hopes of finding an override code. So, right off the bat, we're given a pretty simplistic idea of what the what the stakes are, what what the mission is, and how to go about it. But more importantly, throughout the course of the movie, of about, I'd say, I think it's like what, like two thirds of it. Um, we keep going back to Rocket, who is obviously unconscious, and he is. Re, uh, he's replaying or reimagining his past and showing what happened to him as a raccoon that was turned into what we eventually know as Rocket. It's weird because it's not always the case. Like, I think the movie is trying to say that, like, anytime we see him, he's going through that on his, like, deathbed, basically, right? Reliving the past events. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes the movie doesn't go back to him and just cuts to a flashback of what he's experiencing. So kind of like, you know, you want to always be like, is it what he's thinking? Or are we just being fed a flashback of him? Cause it's not, I mean, I thought it was a clever plot device. Movie. I just, I like it. It's what I'm saying is like, if you wanted to show me on deathbed and you wanted to insinuate the memories you're seeing are of the memories of like my life flashing before my eyes type yeah. deal, then you'd almost pretty much want to show me on film. Every time you went to those flashbacks, and they don't do that in this movie. You mean like a Christmas Carol they situation. It, they do it like, yeah, they do it like two or two times, maybe three, and then the other two times, it just Chris Pratt saying something and they cut to it. So it's not, it's it's still like, I mean, it's a minor complaint, but it's like I, I like the way that they do that. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, I know you guys had like, because I saw it in Twitter, you guys were all talking about Adam Warlock and shit like that. I yep. know nothing of this character. Okay. Cool. So I'm going into this movie just show, getting them to show me what he is, right? Heather, do you want to – do you want to – I'm just going to say one thing. Does it fe- – and this is why I said this movie is two movies or three. Does it feel like they were like, oh, shit, we got to add him in? Well, yes, they did because yeah. he was in the cup in the incubator at the very end of the second fucking Guardians movie where she sits there and says, we shall call him Adam. Yeah. And he is supposed to be Thanos fucking levels. They made him an infant in this fucking movie. Which is is he supposed to be like I'm very torn as a about character, that. like really dumb? Is he supposed to be really dumb as a okay actual character? So so no to, to Heather's point, and and this we might as well get this out of the way now since Adam Warlock's right at the beginning of the fucking movie. Um, Adam Warlock is in the Marvel comics one of the most powerful beings out of everyone. Stronger than Thanos, Silver Surfer esque levels. Like we're talking, like way super genius, super strong, super fast, super powerful. We're we're talking like God level it's like tier. A complete 
complete rewrite. R- right. So, so yeah. what I noticed in this one is they obviously make him like a like a, a child, right? And they even mention cleverly. There's a, a scene later on with High Evolutionary and the and the Sovereign where she's like, "You did let him out of his uh, oh, whatever too thing early too whatever. early or whatever." Which I'm like, you know what? And, and honest to God, this feels like something James Gunn would do. Hey. Here we got this giant overpowered person. Let's nerf the fuck out of him. And I, I like the ex- I personally like the excuse they use. And so I think for me, they can't just let like fucking if they if they legitimately let the full powerful out, he'd fucking just snap his fingers and everyone would be dead in like an instant. So to have him like kind of nerf down like that, where he grows to be more powerful, I actually don't mind it. I think, okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, because I think I looked up some information on him at some point in time, but I didn't remember fucking Jack Shipman watching this movie. <laughs> he gets the Infinity Gauntlet, does he not? He does. Yeah. Okay, that's, okay. Like, so maybe, the, <laughs> okay, so me, I mean, forget the, I even mentioned that, because I didn't remember that at all when watching this movie. steam coming out of Heather's ears. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm watching this, right? And I'm watching it from perspective, I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. I'm going to take him for what the movie's making, they're showing me. Right. I had I didn't really have a problem with it. Go ahead, Heather. As someone who didn't have past knowledge, well, as, I as didn't somebody have a who didn't have any knowledge knowledge as to what he was supposed to be, and not be fed that plot convenience and security device. <laughs> yes, the character makes sense for this movie. However, when you know who the fuck he is. You have to feed in that line of, oh, well, you let him out early. Meanwhile, it doesn't match up with the story from the last movie because she just let him out because they stole batteries. I was going um, to I was gonna get to that too. Was that I think the biggest problem was that they hyped him up too much by doing that post-credit scene. Like, like don't get me wrong. Adam Warlock, if you were going to write him the same way he was in the comics, you did the exact same thing like they did. Where when you're like, oh man, Adam Warlock's gonna be the villain of the Guardians in the third movie. They're gonna fucking this is gonna be insane. Da, 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 da. And then it just turns out that he's like <laughs> two years old. Yeah, which still wanting to suck off a mommy's tit. Honestly, this is like this. Yeah. I'm telling you, once we're once we're done with the fucking plot, if you don't agree with me now, you will then. This is two movies, if not a Disney Plus show and a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I I personally didn't I didn't mind the Adam Warlock change because I think that's first of all that sounds like something what James Gunn would fucking do. Plus, I like the idea where you can kind of like nerf him, where like oh maybe he'll grow into his powers, so you can like have him in your back pocket for something way the fuck down I, the line if you wanted to. I I hate doing that, but <laughs> I can see them doing that. Yeah, I was about to say it's probably what yeah. they fucking did. Because they'll show him as a lovable idiot, and then he'll be like, he went back into the exactly. chamber to grow more. Exactly. And then he comes out, and he's unstoppable, and uh, that's and the case. And he's all of a sudden evil again. Yeah. But it's 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 the type of stupid thing <laughs> that I fucking hated when you had Thanos, this big threat, and then in uh, What show If, he's like some fucking dipshit. Show him with me in business. And then in, in Loki, Loki, they have all the infinities. It's this thing where it's like, you want to protect the integrity of a character? You can't, and that means you can't undermine them before they should show up or after they've shown up. <laughs> and Marvel's like, yeah, we don't give a shit. Yeah, multiverse, <laughs> bitch. Um, so let me let, – what I'll do is I'm going to I'm gonna pod all the flashbacks into one giant little like kind of so, – So sorry. Be- before you get to moving on with the plot line, you're there's a couple things Ad- I want to not, mention. You're not done with Adam, are you? No, I'm done. About, I just wanted to bring him up because I didn't know anything about him. Okay. And you guys were like, okay. Uh why is this movie visually pretty good? 
versus <laughs> all the other movies that he's just like, James like you compare this to Quantum Mania, yeah. and it's like, oh, Marvel Studios. James Gunn. For some reason, this looks a lot better than that shit. Uh, but you know, I think what it is too with James Gunn, um, and it's got to be him or someone, a part of his team that does it. They do a good job of having uh, sets designed that looked lived in. Yes. And the costume designs that look like they've been worn. Like when we go to Nowhere first, I'm like, okay, I can buy this as a place because yeah. it looks dirty. It look it reminds me of Mandalorian season one. Yes. Yeah. Things look, look dirty, dirty lived like in. Dirt poor. It's a great combination of uh, CGI when there has to be CGI, which is a lot of the time. But there's a lot of practical effects in this, and sometimes they're kind of dopey looking. But for the most part, they're pretty good. Yeah, the, no, like the, but the prosthetics, the prosthetics. Yes. Mean. Sorry, like yeah, they, they, they the use C quite a bit of that. The CGI is not just a blob of a blur flying on the screen like you got Vaseline. with almost all of the Iron Man movies, almost all of the Avenger movies, almost all of the Thor movies, almost all of the Captain America movies. I think that I've also noticed that James Gunn does not rely like like you basically said like he's he does a, a beautiful mix of CGI with the. Practical, yeah. practical, but, but like I think he leans on the practical stuff. a little bit more. Yes, even the CGI stuff. Done. The CGI stuff, like, like you can, you look at the Marvel Studios, right? You look at fucking Rocket Raccoon, fully CGI character, looks incredible. He looks touchable. That's the thing. He looks like you could reach out and actually fucking feel him. And it's so important for that to happen. Endgame and Affinity War did the same thing with Thanos. They made them look real, right? Uh, it's just like oh, some, and, and then you get these projects that I assume assume have the same budget that look like fucking dog shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like why? You ever seen Food Fight? Why? Oh god. Yeah. Right. You ever seen the movie Food Fight? No. Food fight? I the CGI nightmare of the show or or the movie where like it's all CGI of like um, spokesmen of like cereals and mascots and shit. No, I've never seen this. Oh god, it's fucking horrendous. Uh, <laughs> remind me, remind me about it later. Um, but no, you're one right. thing I will say though is uh, when it comes to the, the, the one for me was kind of like I think I would have preferred a real dog <laughs> to the CGI one. There's nothing that dog really does that couldn't have been done by someone who trained a dog to do it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, true. Because like at the beginning, I'm like, why not use a real dog? I thought it was maybe mixed. the movie. I thought yeah, it, it was 100% CGI. I was like, why not use a real dog? Maybe the dog's gonna do something that requires it to be CGI, and yeah. then I can accept the fact, right? But dude, the dog doesn't really ever do anything. That requires it to be CGI. They just didn't want to have a trained well, dog on more, set. It's, it's a lot harder to work with. She's talking. Well, it does telepathy, telepathy though. Yeah. So that's... It's a lot harder to work with. And you know what? It, like Thinking about it with a real dog, and it's, it, it's a fucking minor. And it might not even be a complaint. <laughs> Whatever. I thought <laughs> of it at the beginning. It, it was also the fact that she was emoting while she was talking. Yeah. She, so she's yeah. Harder. It was like it was imitating actual dog emotes that a dog could do well yes but it's hard to train a dog to do those emotes on command yeah hey i me. watched uh watched a lot, but what the fuck was that homeward bound come on man <laughs> oh man oh <laughs> man that was a, oh god fucking memory lane on that one jesus christ 
Anyway, we also uh, have drag. I, like, I wrote a couple things down. Uh, I get as, as, the, as the movie goes on, I write less and less and less and less. So we're just gonna go by memory. I'm just talking about it. Since Drax is like power level, I don't understand. This guy's all over the fucking scope of what how strong he is. How For, strong can he I is. just can I just say that I I really enjoyed Drax's character in the previous two Guardians of the Galaxy films. Uh, in this movie, he is my fucking hero. I, I, he, he is now hands down my favorite guardian of, of the. I don't know why. It's just something about his the the, the charm of and Batista he's fucking. Great. He, I, he's my favorite. He is my favorite guardian of the galaxy character, bar none. Uh, I know. He, I know. Uh, some people I, I pretty much. I like most of them. I find Groot to be kind of annoying, um, but that's just because he's like that one note character that's meant to sell Drive plushies. Car. Uh, uh, and uh, I not Nebula is just Nebula whatever. grew on me a little bit on this one, for obvious reasons. I, I, I she she needs to be in the movie, and she serves a really good purpose. It's just <sighs> Rosie the robot. There's uh there's a one noteness to this movie that frustrates me with a lot of its characters. Man, I mean, we'll get to it, but uh, I don't know if you want to continue until Heather comes back, or I can just talk forever about the shit I wrote down. Keep talking about the shit you wrote forever until she comes back. <laughs> oh, I don't even oh. know what I wrote down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she runs in the room and with the two thumbs up. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. I just had to lay Wendy down on the couch. We're good. I wasn't far enough away that I couldn't hear. <laughs> um. All right. So I'll, I'm gonna summarize the Rocket Raccoon uh flashbacks in one kind of paragraph because they're all jumping around and and I can't focus really well right now. Uh, as a baby raccoon, Rocket is a test subject for the High Evolutionary in order to create a counter Earth populated by anthropomorphic animals. He becomes friends with Lila, Teefs, and Floor, three of the High Evolutionary's <laughs> other <laughs> other test subjects. Rocket, dis Rocket displays intelligence and aptitude beyond the other animals and deduces the flaw in the anthropo oh, Jesus. anthropomorphization process, angering the high evolutionary. They later learn that they will not be part of the new Earth after the high evolutionary perfects the formula to anthropomorphize uh, other individuals. When the high evolutionary suspects an escape attempt, he kills Lila, Teefs, and Floor, enraging Rocket, who mauls him and escapes. I need my Kleenex. I'm just going to say this right now, since JP has already announced to the family that if Wendy keeps up with the chore, ch uh, chore chart and gets it completed, we are getting a dog. That dog's name is going to be Teefs. Teefs. <laughs> Teefs. He's got Teefs. Um, uh, what you th do you think of those fucking side characters? The fucking the Teefs floor? Uh, uh, floor was fucking scary, first of yes, all. Yes, he was. For the spider, for the spider the rabbit. Spider rabbit. It was basically a spider with a dead rabbit attached to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a weird choice to have them like because Rocket is uh, modified too, right? But for the most part, he's fully raccoon. And uh, I get why they did it. Modifications done so that he walks upright all the time. Um, yeah. I think he also has. A, I think he's. Yeah, I think uh, visually, I'm I, saying. I like think his other... right arm is completely robotic. I could be wrong though, but yeah, yeah. For the most part, it's mostly like smaller details. You'd have to like squint to see and find. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is where like, okay, so there's the backstory for Rocket Raccoon is meant to be terrible, like, and it is, and they 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 really 
recapture the like animal cruelty aspect of it. And there's good parallels to real life and shit like that with how uh, laboratories are treated animals. Yeah. And like anybody that, and I mean, I think a lot of people are this way. It, I'd rather see people die than animals get fucking tortured on camera. Right. Um, but the way they handle this. I don't like I don't I don't mind the flashbacks and stuff, but it's it's so tonally all over the fucking place <laughs> yeah. that when they show you something super sad and it's like oh that kind of hits and we're back. Yeah, and then we're back yeah. to the comedy aspect. Yeah, of it. we're back to like, the comedy segment with fucking Quill being his usual self. But I just they tried really hard, and yes, some of the emotional beats hit with Rocket Raccoon, especially when the High Evolutionary tells him, oh no, 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 no. You are an imperfect. You are not coming with us. Oh, um... But I do want that brain. So, uh, before we continue, the gentleman whose name I cannot pronounce for the life of me, who plays... He's Mern. What? He's Mern. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, give this man all the awards... I agree. Oh my god, what a performance in this movie. I was, I was so, I was kind of torn with this character because I, like, I don't think a well-written character is so one-dimensional. On, and when I say, like, I, I, he does a really good job with it, but if you, I'm like, I was comparing him because they compare him in this movie to Thanos, right? And I'm like, there, you can't, there's got to be something that kind of like makes a character a bit more complex, and I think they could have done that with this guy. Yep. He could still be cruel and terrible like he is, but if there was more time available to flesh him out a bit to see like his change, to go from because he's been at this a long time, and maybe like what started out as like a noble pursuit slowly turned into where he became because there is a, like his character does change uh tonally throughout the he goes from like being more composed to fucking crazy as shit at the end um it's just like i feel like more time given to him and more time i almost wanted more time given to him in the rocket backstory and all that i'm like I'm, i would have rather seen this dragged out over fucking six episodes on disney plus yeah because you need that time to feel for the, like I one scene of fucking CGI uh, weasels or whatever the fuck they are uh, is not really gonna get me there. But you're at a, you're starting at a good place, you know. It just they never they never gave enough time to it, and the, and it's it's easily the most interesting part of this movie for me. But you can't ever feel anything for it. Because as soon as they ask you to, it's time to laugh at Drax. Or it's time to laugh at Peter. That's why I love Drax. Um, The second movie, the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie gave more time for some of the emotional beats. Even the first one kind of did. This one really sweeps the rug out under you. Uh, Sorry, Heather, you were in the middle of that. Uh, (laughs) You were saying about... I just, I just want to mention that he did a phenomenal job. But you were saying that, like, the whole dichotomy of, like, kind of like what Baseball was saying in terms of switching from heavy heavy moments to, ha he made a joke. Da, 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 da. Or Drax just being so literal that everybody else is so frustrated with him. 
it just makes it funny. Um, <laughs> tr doing that back and forth, it's just, it doesn't work. And you got to give it a little breathing room. I 100% agree. In, and then you can go do that comedy shit or you can go do that action sequence. I, it's just, this. The, these are the parts where it's just like, huh. <laughs> I, for me it's it's, it's like after i watched this movie right because i watched it on sunday and right. on monday i'm like okay i'm gonna look a little uh, up a little bit about it and all i see is like oh, so dark darkest thing ever it's not the darkest no, thing ever not. fucking eat my ass it, it's a marvel movie <laughs> right like it's fucking wait it's a bunch of cgi fucking monsters for the most part yes they, they can elicit emotion with anything and they do a really good job especially emoting through the eyes of animals that's where their emotion is shown okay. anyway it does a really good job of that, but it's so – everything is, like, close to where I want it to be in this movie, but nothing <laughs> ever really gets there. <laughs> and it's just like, yes – and it's so weird because I'm like, nothing really gets to where I want it to be, but the movie's too long. <laughs> what? <laughs> so the movie is edging you? It was filled with too much other garbage that they've – pretty much. Away from the flashbacks and the emotional pull of the flashbacks. Uh... And also, like, there, there's a lot of time spent in those flashbacks, right? Like, they're, they're, those people, those creatures are together for, like, months before or even a year. Who knows? Maybe years before that whole thing comes, comes to fruition. Mm. But you never feel it. So when they want to have the big emotional beats, if you're, like, in the mood to fucking cry or you're an emotional sucker, you're going to be like, oh, it's hitting me. It's hitting me. Yes. It, 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 it elicits emotion in me, but it never, like... It's an emotional reaction for me. Yeah. It, it, it's edging me. It's fucking edging me. <laughs> it is. It is edging you. I told you. <laughs> Which is kind I of frustrating because they could have. better with flashbacks in the second one with Peter and his mom than they did in this one. I, I like the attempt. I think that they should have. Uh, to your point, let it breathe more, which I think they were trying to do as doing it as a flashback sequence, which is kind of clever but then again you know the, it doesn't really fully pull it off no i would have i would have done more of this setup in the second one i agree but the, the one thing i'll say that they did that was clever is everyone calling him something he's not because it's all about him finding his actual identity at the end so there is like a little bit of sprinkling but it's not like to the point where it, 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 it Mark, Marvel's like, well, we want to do this with this movie. If you had a full-on roadmap for where you wanted to go, and I kind of believe James Gunn did, but then he also has to accommodate the Avengers movies and things they're going to do in that. Yeah. I personally feel like he had no idea about what they wanted to do with Gamora yeah. um, fact, until he, they did it. Yep. He, he actually, <laughs> and then no, he's no. like, well, i got to rewrite this shit. He's actually said that in, in interviews that originally Gamora was, was slated to die in Guardians 2. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, I mean, I guess we get to, like, more in her intro introduction. Um, but w when it comes to the Rocket Raccoon stuff, uh, I when the movie started and you had him as a little raccoon and hand to me, I'm like, okay, this is a good start. I like where they're going with this. This could actually get there. Then some of the flashbacks are just a bit too... Unnecessary. We're going to tell you what's going to happen. Oh, okay. And then we're going to show... Because you all know, the fucking the, where are these creatures now? They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know they're all gonna die but it's like it 
they're just so like paint by numbers of like yeah. this is how you get an emotional response out of somebody that's emotionally vulnerable you show them these things it's like a youtube video of like fucking army veterans coming home to their kids or something oh, God. <laughs> it's like, you know, we're gonna show this exact moment in pieces but uh as a storyline with a character you kind of like but characters you don't know we need more time or we need breathing room after something emotional happens yeah the undercutting with uh, comedy for me is a problem and i'm sure for several people it's exactly what they want yeah, which is unfortunate for them <laughs> like me no i'm kidding, I'm kidding. um so in the midst of all this, the Sovereign does connect with a high evolutionary who is uh, now obsessed with retrieving his subject for the purpose of isolating and replicating Rocket's intellect. Um, there was another note I had here. I did. I, I don't know about you guys, but the scenes with like high evolutionary and the Sovereigns, I thought was kind of neat. Just to see them interact like that, especially where like Adam Warlock, I know Heather's <laughs> mad because he's a child. Um, but with high evolutionary like tossing him aside like that. <laughs> no, no, you didn't like that, Heather. In that in that moment, I agreed with the high evolutionary. He's a child. Yes, motherfucker, he's a child. <laughs> you did that about Earth. Reminds me, that, reminds me of that joke from The Simpsons where like uh, Rodney Dangerfield is Mr. Burns' son, and he, he goes to this like giant like. Uh, debutante ball like oh meet my debutante uh, what's her name uh she just came out last spring and he's like whoa put her back she ain't done yet <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how i feel about adam warlock i, I kind of like it even though i didn't know uh, adam warlock's character and everything uh i went into that movie already seeing the tweets to you wherever you guys were like i don't know what they did to adam warlock i'm like uh, let me see if i can pinpoint it out without knowing anything <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I'm assuming he's like a, either a different character or he's uh, not treated as comedic relief. It's it's close to, I'm the Mandarin. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. It's close and, and to The funny that. part is that's kind of never worked out for Marvel, yet they kind of continue to do it. Because fuck you, that's You can't have every character... And in most cases, I kind of like a retelling of the story, you know, telling the same story. I agreed. I, I, that's why um, I like what they do with Shang-Chi, ironically. I think it's also, like, very risky when you retell to completely retell. <laughs> like, don't completely change source material. Play around with it if you want, but uh, completely changing it will make enemies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the high evolutionary because i mean most of his scenes are in those flashbacks so i just want to say this right now yes i liked him a lot more before he started screaming at everybody <laughs> after he started screaming at everybody his character for me fell off see i'm because because with him screaming about especially with the twins in there him screaming at them about you know these they can do such amazing feats, but they have no imagination for invention. We I need get... Rocket's brain. So that, that to me, solidified his obsession for Rocket's brain. I get it. It's just everything, like, the moments I liked with him felt like they were not enough. And then all of a sudden, we got to the point where it's, well, we got to get this character to where we want him to be. I just needed more. I, of, I, I do. Like, the acting was great. I enjoyed the actor. 
and I enjoyed like they hit the character beats, but this I have the same problem with Rocket's flashback as I have with the High Evolutionary. There's just I want more of both enough. of them. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I get where you're coming from with the High Evolutionary. Like you just want a little more depth about him. Not a lot. No, you don't have to go fucking crazy. But I agree with you. Like figuring out like well why who, like who is he and and how did he get to be to this point even like something like a couple of sentence explanations yeah i'm right there with you as far as that what goes. i wanted a lot less of was ogle corp <laughs> Go that that's like half the fucking movie man it really is that, that that shit yeah and it serves very little purpose so uh speaking of which uh since we're on the subject anyway with the assistance of the ravagers and a reluctant 2014 gamora the guardians infiltrate all and retrieve rocket's file however they are attacked by Ogle Sphere's guards, barely escaping after Peter Quill remotely activates the guards' suit jetpacks. They deduce that Thiel, one of the high evolutionary scientists, may have over uh, over may have the override code stored in his memory and decide to track him down. I think I'll pause right there. So there's a couple things to unpack. Um, anybody get the man in the chair from Spider-Man with him? Wait, what? The kid. That did that spontaneously did the magic to get Andrew Garfield oh. and oh. Toby Maguire. Yep. Uh, fucking Ned or Ed Ned, or whatever. Yeah. Anybody else is? get Ned vibes off of this dude? Off of which dude? The one with the computer in his head. Theo. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I was like, at some point in time, I'm like, is he Igor when he was speaking? <laughs> when he was speaking, yes, but the movements and the way. Oh my when, god, now I'm not gonna be. Fuck, I'm not gonna be able to uh, see that now. <laughs> I can't unsee it now. Fuck. Uh, I mean, okay, so like the Ogle Corp thing, I didn't find it boring or anything. It was fine, and it was like visually, it was interesting. Like the, visually, this movie is pretty stunning. Yeah. I like a great use of like colors and like, uh, like the weirdly gross fucking uh, <laughs> anus band. <laughs> There's a giant anus in space. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of neat. Too much time spent there. I enjoyed uh, fucking Nathan, Nathan Fillion showing up and being like, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> that was funny. There's a lot of fun to be had. The Firefly it's just... character, just the law side and not the brown coat side. <laughs> it just it does seem like we're like, this seems like a very well written version of uh, in Star Wars when they go to the fucking casino planet. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't necessarily need to happen, but you're not gonna hate it because it's still fun and funny. It feels like it's so so different than the other side of this movie. And, and this whole this whole thing between Mantis and Drax with the fight, run, fight, run, run. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like a it's a fetch quest, um, and this movie is basically built on them. <laughs> because it's a fetch with story, yeah. but uh, it, it's it's fun enough. I I do like the visuals. I like the neat uh, way that they designed everything. It's like goop that you put your hand in, and they have yeah. like some fucking weird ball system to get that thing down. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I stopped asking questions at that point. One thing I did love um, is what they did with Gamora. I really liked it. You I didn't like her as a character, and we weren't supposed to. The character, yeah. And uh, the actress does a great job of being completely different. And I do like – because you want to have – like the, the storyline of Guardians of the Galaxy is Quill is the main character. 
And this movie is really challenging that with what they want to do moving forward with Rocket, right? Right. But you still have to hit the like. There's so much baggage with Quill that you want to handle, and I think they do a really good job. And I throughout the movie, I liked how they handled it, and I liked mm-hmm. where it ended off. So yeah, I got to give some props to what they did with the uh, Gamora. Yeah, they did a really good job with giving her that 180 of she's back to her assassins kind but of. But she she's back to An- Anno's like daughter. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was that was a really good turn there for that and then having her be the one like you're never gonna fucking make it happen dude let it the fuck go so and peter just keeps trying through the whole movie <laughs> so this is gonna sound really weird and probably stupid because <clears throat> am i but uh in my brain in my stupid primitive little brain in my brain you see <laughs> you you when when i saw like the story of like oh Peter's trying to reconvince his non-Gamora to fall in love with him again. Mm-hmm. Now, as one of those people who grew up on Saturday morning cartoons and other sort of uh, sitcom shows that you're used to seeing the happy ending and like, oh, then, you know, even if you call it down the line, all right, it, make, it makes sense in my brain that they're still together and it's, it's weird, it's awkward, but they're going to they're gonna make it work. The fact that that didn't happen. Perfect. Loved it. Yeah. I loved it <laughs> because it went yeah. against everything that my brain was like instinctively like, oh, they'll get back together again. And then they don't. And it's like, no, that, that's not because you sometimes don't get that type of closure. And I'm like, fucking clever girl. Yes, this is like the genius behind this movie is the fact that they did not yeah. end up back together. And it's not just that. I think this movie like places all the ends for its characters that they want to show. Uh, Fittingly, everything yeah. seems right, and it's not. And it, when I say right, it seems right more realistically than it seems right in fucking fantasy land. Like in in most movies, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, she's learned to love me again," and they teased it in this movie, and I'm glad they didn't fucking do it. Yep. But they kind of have the same ending for a lot of their characters, just less fleshed out. Mm-hmm. But it, everything lands right, and some are in better places than others, but it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I'm like, man, some things in this movie are fucking great. And this movie <laughs> really had the potential in my mind to be Stop one of the best. Stop edging me. But there's just some things, man. Uh, are we at the point, because I know we talked about Oglecorp and shit like that, and we yeah. talked about the – I don't think we're at the point where they – no, I don't think we are. So We're back. about to go to Counter-Earth. Oh, okay, so we kind right of now. are at the point then where they go to interrogate that guy. Mm-hmm. And he's go like, no, show him our business. <laughs> he turns him into fucking nothing. I love that scene. I love everything. And, th- and that's and that is oh, that scene is why I, I'm like, you know what? I'm good with the way they put they they uh, they were Adam Warlock. And it, honestly, the, for the people that don't like it, if you if you're a hardcore fan of the comic book and stuff like that, that's why you don't like it. Okay. I have to say, Adam Warlock, the guy that they got, and the it, it really worked for me. Like, I mean, I know he's comedic a comedic add-on, but like, whatever you might not like of the character is of no fault of the actor. No, and no, it, it, it's just like the decision to go that way. But I think that's what kind of saved them because they pulled it off. Because of who the actor is. I mean, if you yeah. watch The Smith Family, 
Uh, yeah, the meet the Millers does, or whatever it was. He does that naive child character very well. Yeah, but I, I absolutely love it. <laughs> what business we're going to show him? There's <laughs> that fucking floppy piece of shit on the ground. I interrogate him. He's like, oh, this whole thing is making me feel sad. <laughs> yeah. I don't quite like how that feels, mother. <laughs> I do like the idea of having like a super-powered like, baby kid. That's like... You know what it is? Not, it's... Like, it's um... It's the Majin Buu uh, idea. It's like yeah. a, he's like a naive, nice version of Homelander. Yeah, that, that's actually <laughs> and so and so to to back to Heather's frustration earlier. I was in the same boat at first. I'm like, you're gonna do this to Adam Warlock, but then as the movies progressed, I'm like, honestly, I'm kind of cool with the idea of it being a uh, you you have this like roid raging inducing like mega nuclear warhead running around, and he's like seven. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny fucking thing. And it's something James Gunn would fucking do. But anyway, uh, so the team visits Counter-Earth against Gamora's advice, followed by Aisha and Adam, the Sovereigns. With help from a family of bat-like humanoids, Quill, Nebula, and Groot trace Thiel to the high evolutionary ship while they drive a fucking car. We'll get to that in a second. While Drax and Mantis remain with Gamora and Rocket, Quill and Groot be board the high evolutionary ship, leaving Nebula behind. Mantis unwillingly accompanies Drax to the High Evolutionary Ship, which begins to launch with Quill and Groot captured on board, a process that also destroys Counter-Earth. Well, that was part of his contingency plan to begin with. Mm -hmm. He realized that Counter-Earth was failing and it was turning into regular Earth with drug deals and alleys. It was even worse than regular Earth because everyone it, was It was, because it was super-powered alien beings as well. Um... But you got these drug deals going on in back alleys, gangs forming, people getting violent with each other. The two animal humanoids beating the shit out of each other was the funniest out of them all. I don't know why it fucking made me laugh my ass off. I'm like, why do you need a fucking bat? You literally have horns on your head, you idiot. It's fucking Drax throwing that fucking dodgeball into that kid's oh. face. Everybody I love how he got he he threw the dodgeball and then Quill got hit with a rock and then he starts laughing at him. <laughs> Drax Drax is like the un he's probably something but I was gonna say unsung hero of this movie. He no. as far as the comedy goes, he is one hundred percent there. That's why like when when you have something like him, you almost don't need the Adam uh Warlock character. Yeah. No. Well, I, I think you're now I think getting the of each other. Yeah, you're not you that that's 100% true then, yeah. Yep. But you're getting replacements. The one character I really don't care for, because it's, like he doesn't fill the shoes of the person beforehand, is uh, James Gunn's brother replacing... Oh, Sean Gunn? Oh, yeah. Zondu or whatever the fuck his yeah. name is. Yeah, Zondu. Well, he was a background character. So I didn't... I didn't, I didn't matter. Know. He could have been fucking main character. He, I forget the actor's name, but he did such a... Damn good job at playing Yondu, especially in yeah. Oh, um, Jesus Christ, yeah. uh, Michael Rooker. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, he he did a he, he was such a he's such a, a good actor and like in all honesty, just the character was really great because the character was more complex. The uh, Sean Gunn, I think his name is. Yes. His yeah. character is what this again the problem. Everybody's fucking super one dimensional, and that's the problem I had with the high, the high evolutionary. And a lot of the characters in this, like, the the thing they're struggling against is one thing. And that's it. Yeah. It's it's easy to get past one thing, but complex characters make a story that much more interesting. 
and the complexity of like raccoon's character doesn't get to be shown in this movie it gets shown in the previous movies and then the explanation is this movie yeah yeah basically um i did uh i did giggle at them taking a car to the high evolutionary ship and then <laughs> oh my I, god I, I i died i was like did i hear this i died <laughs> i died laughing i'm not gonna lie i died laughing when drax fucking clotheslined a guy off of a scooter and he's like come on mantis i'll take you back to the ship and she's like the ship right behind us yep promise yep promise you won't go to the nope and he just fucking drives off anyway. <laughs> I was like... The, okay. the best part about that one, actually, was when they're climbing the ship, trying to get in the door, and then you got Quill and Groot falling right behind them. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, but... Wait, oh, yeah. Um, they uh, did a lot of those, yeah, though, in this... <laughs> with, like, uh, when they landed on that fucking big ball sack planet, and you have <laughs> uh, whatever flying in the background. That's pretty good too. Uh, I fucking was like taken aback when he's like, "Open the fucking door!" Oh yeah, first f bomb in the MCU. <laughs> I was like, "Did I hear that fucking yeah. shit?" Right? And this yeah. is where we're gonna use it. I guess you know why not? I don't give a shit. <laughs> Press the button. It was perfect context for it yeah. to be used in that spot because they were starting to freeze from being in space. <laughs> it, but it, well, no, no, this was like when he said, "Open the fucking door to the, the, the car. fucking car." Oh yeah, that's yeah. Right. Uh, but like the the reason I liked it so much is because. I was starting to get frustrated with the movie. <laughs> and I think, like, with, with, like, where they were in the fucking, like, bathhouse talking and shit, and they were going back and forth, and there was a lot of fucking talking going on, and it was a lot of this back and forth jib-jab, bitter bickering. And then they got to the car, and I'm like, oh, my God, another fucking slight gag. And he's like, I'm like, okay, good. Let me relieve my stress through you. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, all right. Uh, Gamora stays with Rocket. Uh, but is attacked by a pig warrior sent by the High Evolutionary, who herself is, is killed with Warlock arrives looking for Rocket. Gamora overpowers Adam and launches the Guardian ship. Quill and Groot successfully defeat High Evolutionary's foes and kills Thee, jumping off with him and retrieving his memory before Gamora meets with them. Meanwhile, believing Quill and Groot are still on board, Nebula, Mantis, and Drax board the High Evolutionary ship to rescue them, and, weak, and a weakened Adam senses that his mother is in danger, but it's too late to save her. On the Guardian ship, Rocket flatlines and has a near-death experience where he is met by Lila, uh, Lila Teefs, and Floor, who tells him that it, uh, his time has not come yet before Quill successfully implements the override code and revives him. All right, a lot to fucking break down on that one. Let's start with... Um, Oh my god. The pig warrior? <laughs> I fucking okay. on the shitter. It's fucking I, 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 I can't be the only person that was like beep up and rock steady. Oh my god. Yes. Fucking yes. drove up. Yes. <laughs> god, that wasn't like and then uh rock steady. At, at the voice the voice of the fucking war pig. <laughs> I'll be there soon. <laughs> 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 <What is> this? <laughs> Uh, that thing was fucking disgusting looking. I'm like, yeah, half these fucking creatures, <laughs> half these creatures, I'm like, are we playing Doom? Uh, yeah, there's there <laughs> some exactly what they were. I think I've seen these in Street Sharks. <laughs> Monster fucking disgusting shits. Uh, yeah, that thing was uh, disgusting, and I was 100% glad when it died. I love how <laughs> Adam's like, we're on the same side, and he just, and just snaps its fucking, and rips its head off. Like, alright, that wasn't... <laughs> Wasn't that big of a deal? Yeah, it was a simple kill for you. Um, 
That was uh, that was pretty good. I thought I thought Groot's uh, um, multi-branch technique, where he's like surrounding Quill with like six or eight arms while he's shooting. Don't give a shit. That was pretty fucking. I like that a lot. That was very much a comic book splash page. Yeah. Oh yeah. The yeah. back to back fucking shooting everybody. I'm I like, yeah, this is fucking comic book fan service. Though. I don't care. It came out great. Just the round fire of everything. Um. Let's see. I have a big question, which I think is. I think it's a uh, plot hole. <laughs> okay, well, sure. Uh, it's not a plot hole. Let's it's see an, how, an high, incons- how hard it is to jump through it. Let's go. It's a, it's an inconsistency. So they all jump on that ship, right? And the ship is going up, yep. and everything, they're like, oh, we're going to space, we're going to die. Yep. Why does Nebula have problems breathing? <laughs> She's still uh, a organism. So, so I, I, you know what's funny? I said the exact same thing, so hear me out on this. So Nebula is the daughter of Thanos, but she was, I, 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 for, for lack of a better description, let's just say humanoid. She was a humanoid alien. And she would com- Thanos would put, pit Nebula against Gamora in combat, and every time <laughs> she lost, which was every time, she, he would look to find a way to perfect her excuse me, perfect her or improve her by replacing a body part or several with robotic... she's the humanoid version of Rocket. She's the, 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 the reason I... The only reason I thought of this, and I thought of this because of Endgame, when she's alone in a spacecraft with Tony Stark and they're running out of oxygen. God... And he's... Damn it. And he's like, oh my god, and she's like, don't worry. And she's fine. And Tony's like, oh, I'm going to die. God damn it. That's where I was like, I nope, remember no, that. Now I have to look this scene. shit up. You fucking twatting. <laughs> but you remember what I'm talking about. Right? Yes, like, I, I'm pissed because you're and right. Like, and, and, and it was, they were talking about the oxygen level. He was emaciated because he lived in space. There's no oxygen. There's no gravity. And I'm assuming they're not eating very well. Um, but the whole problem was the oxygen level. That was running down. Well, my only guess is that maybe she became more humanoid after Endgame, which well, makes no say, fucking sense. She, she, well, the only thing she said was Rocket made changes to her body, which wouldn't be implanting more human organs. Humanor? Humanor. Let's see. Yeah, it's basically like I just said, but as far as that goes... Nope, no, no. You gotta rewatch. You rewatch the end game scene. I might be wrong. No, with the oxygen thing, but I'm pretty sure. I'm like well, 80% wait. sure that was the issue. He didn't run out of oxygen though. No, but he he was showing like he was showing signs of issues with oxygen. Well, it's also because on top of the low oxygen, he was also severely malnourished and severely dehydrated. Yeah, I was about to say like they never. This, I have to rewatch it because I don't I'm, know if they I'm, just say. I'm getting into semantics here, and I'm getting very <laughs> fucking petty and nick pity here. So I'm just, I'm just bear with me on this, okay? I, I'm, I'm also like, stone. Like, so <laughs> also, also in that scene, I don't uh... know if no. In, in this scene in Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't know if she's showing signs of not being able to breathe or freezing. She's showing signs of freezing. Well, if you want to go with it, even though she gets into the doorway and she's like. Now you can see the ice also building up on her on her skull as they as before Drax got the door open. Um, 
So in Endgame, Tony does talk about how they ran out of food and water and that they only had so much oxygen left. And he said, by this point in time, we will have run out of oxygen completely. So it was assumed that, like, they were right at the end, like on like de- like on death's door, or they were about to run out of oxygen within like probably less than twenty four hours, like probably like twelve hours. It was implied, but he never actually. I think he does say in the I movie. I the I think what I'm getting confused of is because they did focus on oxygen as being like this is what's gonna kill us. Um, it was also insinuated that like his organic body was dying because of the environment where hers was not. <laughs> And I think when you look at the two, he was probably suffering on multiple uh, air, in multiple areas where she was only gonna worry about. Yeah. But I, it was weird because I, no, I, I, I felt like point, there was though. like some insinuation of like her staying alive after he had died. But because the focus wasn't on her, it was on him. Yeah, right. I, 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 I'm not gonna rewatch it because I don't care enough. But <laughs> and it was a point no, where I'm like, it's, hey, it's, it's kind of weird. It's, it's a good point. <laughs> um, so uh, let me just see here. Uh, Peter Quill jumping off of a fucking ship and then crashing onto that guy uh, and landing on him. If he wasn't fucking... Oh, wait, no. Groot helped alleviate some of yeah. that, right? Okay, that's right. I was going to say, like... Wait, 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 what the fuck happened it, to this guy's suit? I mean, what happened to his he used suit? To be able to, he used to be able to fly, and he had a fucking helmet. <laughs> Where's that shit? Oh, yeah. The Star-Lord suit. Yep. Yeah, as soon as I, like, as soon as he jumped out the window, I'm like, oh, he, I remember he has a rocket pack or whatever. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's like, not today. Which is weird because they checked him for weapons and shit when they, what, weird. Yeah, and well, I guess maybe he couldn't bring it in. Maybe that's why he couldn't bring in his little jetpack. Yeah, he, he had all the weapons in that basement. They had it, all the weapons stuffed in Groot. He could have put his helmet in Groot, too. He could have. But... Especially since it's literally only this big and it just. Yep, it's true. Yeah. Well, just find all the plot holes. <laughs> um, on Guardian ship, Rocket flatlines and has a near-death experience. So it's the, uh, it's the uh, white train station scene from fucking Harry Potter with Dumbledore and Harry. I didn't love this scene. I think a lot of people, it, it, yeah. it might be, it's completely like your perspective and how it feels to you. Mm-hmm. I just, after the build-up to it. It's like for me, I'm like, so there's some sort of fucking afterlife for sure in this, and it's heaven. You've got heaven now. I guess. You guys still fucking look like that. <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah, we died, and I should have my own arms, but hey, someone, here's the clamps. I saw, I saw a clip on YouTube, and someone said like, I'd be pretty bullshit if I looked like that after fucking. <laughs> walrus, like Axel from Twisted Metal as a walrus. <laughs> Yeah. Also, he had his eyes fucking held open like Clockwork Orange. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) I died and I'm still horribly disfigured, but we're flying in the sky forever. I can blink and have ah piss. (laughs) I I kind of like I I feel like the trope of like that. Oh, we're in the light and we're seeing. Harry Potter did a lot better than oh, this movie. I, did. I, I, uh, I would I wouldn't have minded the scene so much if it was more um just more rocket and just like even if it was just like his three friends like not you didn't you didn't hear them but they're in like they're waving their arm over like something a little bit more subtle than like the directive It was very was yeah, it was very like blunt. It was like beating you over the head with you should be sad. Yeah. Uh and like if I it, like if if they were like 
kind of like ghostly figures okay. beyond might, the white that you might, couldn't really see. This might sound you could make out it was them. This might sound stupid, but maybe I, I would have preferred like if he was like just talking and like you didn't hear a secondary voice. But it's still the same dialogue of like, what do you mean not not my time yet? Or even how they did in Deadpool. Kind of yeah. He his, when he saw his girlfriend, but he couldn't touch her. Yeah, so, something. She kept saying. It's not done yet. A little more degree of separation. Yeah. I just, felt, I, I just like the, 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 even in Deadpool, there's more build. They, they just not deserve to be. They're trying to get something they haven't earned. And mm. it's going to hit some people where they're like, yeah, they, they earned enough for me. For me, they didn't. It was a little, no. little, too, little too much, personally. Just too they much. have given the flashbacks more time to breathe. Like, yeah. we have been yep. throughout this whole thing. Yep. Uh, then, yes, also... that scene would have had a lot more weight to it. However, they didn't give those scenes enough time to breathe, so therefore this scene was just like, oh yeah, he's going back. We're, and, we're good. And the, uh, the other problem I have with this scene is the Quill side of it. Quill, there's enough there to have a really good... Like, if they kept to the Quill... Quill's sad storyline yeah. and featured it more, and they featured Rocket's sad storyline more, yes, the movie would have been sad. Honestly, and and I think they should have just gone for it fully rather than half-ass it, because it has to be happy to attract ten-year-olds that shouldn't be watching this movie anyway. <laughs> uh, I, if they went for both, um, there is a great like through line between Quinn's story or Quill's story of losing everybody that he loves constantly. And I really like the emotion that Chris Pratt showed when trying to revive him, but I couldn't help. But see him pounding on the chest of a fake animal. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it, like everything kind of like it was too much all at once, whatever. Yeah. It, it, it's it, that to me is the failure of the movie. It, it probably would have been disliked more as a movie if they went full like sad route with it. But I honestly think they should have. You could still have a couple of humor parts, but not. They tried to do fifty fifty. Yeah, and it doesn't really work out for me. You in the same boat no, on that one, Heather? I, I, I guess when you hear the flat line, you're like, "Oh man, it's gonna be Rocket. It should have been Quill." But um, because honestly, if you look at the way the story was going from the first movie to this point, the one that would have made the most sense it would have been Quill. Because he lost Ego, who was his father and was the source of his powers. So he didn't have those powers anymore. Mm -hmm. um, he was depressed over Gamora being gone. And basically he was wallowing in his own self-pity to the point that he was drinking himself to death. So it would have made sense for Quill to more be, be more the one to die off in this movie. What about up and down yeah, for them to go the rocket route, it's just like it should have been Quill, in rocket my opinion. It's it's weird because I'm usually like all for like character deaths. Um, <laughs> I all. don't <laughs> I don't feel like this movie anybody should have died really. I don't think the movie earned a character death. First of all, I agree. Um, yeah, and I feel like if they did it, it would have been like, what's the point? You don't have to kill a character to make things worthwhile. If they killed Quill, I don't think the the weight was there for everybody to care. And I, if they killed Rocket, you could have, but 
than half the storyline with anybody is the Rocket storyline. You'd have to rewrite the whole movie, basically. I don't know. I just didn't. None, none of the characters I really wanted to die. One thing that really pissed me off, and I don't know if you guys are the same. After we're done with the flashbacks of Rocket, yep. I fucking don't give a shit about what happens with him afterwards. They don't do anything with this guy. It's like all those flashbacks. I if I'm meant to believe that he's going get there, but yep. If, I, if I'm meant to believe that he's going through, and they tried to do this, and I don't know if this was the the meaning, but I have to say it was, that he's going through all the big moments in his life that led him to be here, he is an emotionless piece of shit when he comes back. <laughs> and I get that was his character from the beginning of the show, or the movies, but, like, it's a we- the whole, it's such a weird... Yeah, it's a weird... The ending is fucking strange man because it's like okay we had all this like emotional growth in flashbacks that the audience learns for rocket and then we get back to rocket he's just the same old rocket that he used to be and it's weird because the audience learns so much and expect character growth technically as a writing standpoint which you really you don't need to have the character grow you just have like because that journey he already went on to become the person he was, right? Him just reliving it shouldn't change the way he is. That's not well, wrong in a writing standpoint. He didn't go completely back to the way he was because if it was, he made the choice to stay behind and save the animals as well as the children. I feel the one thing that frustrated me the most is the effort that was put in to keep him alive is never addressed in this movie yes yes they have a little hug but there's no actual like keeping him alive yeah and there's and it's kind of just like moving on (laughs) basically uh that that was that was super frustrating and that's why like the third act of this movie i was like uh i'm kind of i'm not talking about the end i'm talking about like the third action act of this movie i was like uh nah yeah. <laughs> All right then. Moving on. Mantis, Nebula, and Drax come across hordes of imprisoned children. Ho ho. Uh, on the high evolutionary ship before being captured themselves and placed in a chamber with. Oh boy. Abeliskuses. Mantis is able to persuade the Abeliskuses. Those are the kids. To side with them, and the three escape. Oh, are those the kids or those fucking big tentacle monsters? No, it was the kids. And the three escape the chamber before reuniting with the guardians and overpowering the high evolutionary's army. Craglin and Cosmo arrive in nowhere. I think it was the tentacle monsters. Mantis persuades the tentacle monsters, not the kids. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. Yep, you're right. You're right. Um. Craglin and Cosmo arrive in Nowhere, which Cosmo connects to the High Evolutionary ship with the help of Nebula and Craglin through her powers of telekinesis, allowing them to free the captured children. This is Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> if, I, if, I never, yes. if I ever needed a reason to think this wasn't Star Trek, it's fucking Star Trek. Um, yeah, they freed the kids. I'm going to sit there and say this. The best part of this is sequence is when they're having the the three of them, Nebula, Mantis and Drax are having the arguments between them about, you know their insecurity oh yeah and fucking Mantis says I, I love how confident his, he is despite how stupid he is and Drax goes, you think I'm stupid? 
Mantis goes, yes. And then he stops smiling, and then she just reaches over and goes, forget it. <laughs> and he's like, ah, I would have knocked down that heavy door. I, I feel like that that encapsulates this movie. Yes. It's like, you want to feel something emotionally? Forget. Yes. Fun times. <laughs> Here's another emotion. Forget. Fun times. <laughs> uh, but it is like, uh, I mean, it's a, no matter what fault it has, the, the writing is good in this movie. Interactions are fun. Everything is like the characters stay true to what the characters are supposed to be, but it's very like at times paid by numbers. I did like the fact. Well, I kind of pissed me off when he's like, "You never asked if I spoke the language." Yeah. You man, they were speaking oh, the yeah. language with the bat people. It's the same language. I had the fucking closed caption on. They're speaking Ouroboros. Yeah. And he was struggling with the fucking bat people. You said nothing. I mean, I get, like, it's a Drax thing to do, but they tried to play it off as, like, I'm not dumb. At that moment, Drax was more worried about falling asleep on the couch. There's no more corn <laughs> chips, Crunch. I, like, I, I, the thing that kind of pissed me off is how they tried to play it off, like, I'm smarter than you think type of moment. Yeah, and really- uh, I, you're just, you're, yeah, fucking idiot. You didn't tell anybody you knew the language. The whole fucking argument was about the language. But whatever. Yeah. The writing's good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Rocket discovers a litter of baby raccoons and other dust an- subject animals, but is attacked by a deranged High Evolutionary while attempting to free them before being rescued by the Guardians. The High Evolutionary is left to perish on his ship while the animals are rescued and bored nowhere along with most of the Guardians. After Cosmo is unable to hold the ships together for long enough for him to board, Quill barely escapes, beginning to freeze in space before being rescued by good old Adam. Yes, Heather? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with Heather on this one. Is it the freezing scene? Was there a need for the Da Vinci finger? Uh, the fucking... What, what's the name of the, the actual... Steve Chapel freezing moment? Yes. This is one of the, another sight gag. That, I, mean, I didn't get the... I, I didn't understand the, the need thing. for this. The whole thing was going good. It was going so smooth. It seemed extremely unnecessary. We're getting to the the point where my theory would would have been right. Quill was going to die. But, and they do the slow motion. This man has been frozen in space how many times? Twice. And still alive? Fucking, and also if your face is going to swell up, you're dead. Finger poke of not doom, but life saving this time. They, 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 why? They went too. They went too far with it with the face swell. If your face is swelling up like that, you're bleeding internally. You're dead. you're dead. You're dead, my man. You're dead. And they they like push. They pushed the envelope a bit too far. Uh, that's not the only problem I have with this. I felt the um, the uh, coming face to face with Rocket and the High Evolutionary. So underwhelming. Yeah, it, it was, was. It was anticlimactic. It's like, hey, I knew as soon as he like found the fucking raccoons and all the other animals, I'm like, I'm just waiting for the turnaround where he's behind him, yeah. uh, which is exactly what happened. But then it was like, we're going to interact for literally 10 seconds before a raccoon gets up her hand and I'm destroyed by everybody. So um, r- real fast, too. Um, I know this this review said that that um, High Evolutionary was left to perish. Apparently, in the director's cut, uh, High Evolutionary is alive. He was uh, captured on uh, on. Was it that, Other World? Alter World? That, that, that also pissed me off. Where Rocket Raccoon's like, 
I'm a freaking Guardians of the Galaxy. You killed like 50 people in this fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> not raccoon, not Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon killed fucking hundreds of people in the, the where it was in the fucking forest in whatever movie that was. And then, and in the first movie with all the fucking the uh, police guards. I'm like yeah, of all people, like, just fucking. I wish he was like Why? he hesitated and they're like, really? And then all he hears is a gunshot, and his face and his face explodes. He should have like um, it's so like it doesn't make any. Now, it doesn't make any sense. Since, since I'm on the subject now here uh, with, with this, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, but the person who plays High Evolutionary, the actor. And it's him like Okubu or something. And he's got a really it's, uh, like African name of some form. So a lot of people, and I actually I, I agree with the internet on this one, a lot of people have thought that because of the, well, um, shady and uncertainty with one uh, Jonathan Majors, that this gentleman should step in and play Kang. No. No? Mm. I would never sure. recast someone who, who who was already in the movies. Like, okay, all of a sudden... Well, and it's so close together. I would never do that. Well, I feel like if you're going to recast Kang, you got to recast someone that's never been in any Marvel movie. Well, what I was going to say was you could make the argument that the High Evolutionary was a variant. The thing is, yes... Mentally, he can be imposing enough. However, physically, I don't think so. I also feel like, though, like he, I, I don't know if he has the range necessary to play a more complex character. He is essentially the same character in Peacemaker. Yeah. As he is in this, uh, the things that he does, I'm gonna say, yeah, he's good. There's no. His character is so fucking one-dimensional that I guess, like, if you're going to have a big bad, you need to have a complex character. I'm not saying he might not be able to act it. I just haven't seen it. Right. Yeah. From him. And the two roles I've seen from him, they are just, it's Mern and Mern to 12. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Just want to throw it out there before I forgot. Um, so... With that being said, the Guardians decide to disband. Quill bestows the rank of Captain of Guardians of the Galaxy upon Rocket before leaving back for Earth. Mantis also embarks on a journey of self-discovery along with the Abelisks. Uh, Gamora reunites with the Ravagers, while Nebula and Drax remain on Nowhere to raise all the rescued children. And since I'll, I'll briefly go over this, might as well do this now. In that we see the mid credit scene. We see Captain Rocket is seen leading, leading the new Guardians of the Galaxy, comprised of a fully grown Groot, Jesus Christ, um, mm -hmm. Adam, Cosmo, Kraglin, uh, Blurp, which is a little like dog thing, and then Phyla Vell, who was one, I think, one of the kids that was rescued yes. um, as they prepare for a new mission. And in the post credit scene, we see that it says uh, Quill is obviously just reconnecting with his grandfather after we saw it from the like end uh, scene. But more importantly, or the most important thing, or one of the most important things at the end was usually obviously in the Marvel movies you see like so-and-so will return. And this one, it wasn't the Guardians of the Galaxy. It just says the legendary Star-Lord will return. Dun-dun-dun! But dun, he'll dun, be back dun. in fucking Secret Wars. Yep. Yeah. We I mean... So... <laughs> A couple things, I guess. Uh, I'm glad that it's the, that Star Lord will return and not the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. I really have no want to see that group Agreed. do anything. Yep. Because like that, to me, if they did that, I'd be like, okay, it's just what they're doing with all the other fucking characters, getting stand-ins that are nowhere near as good. 
to continue onwards. Uh, where Quill still has enough story to be told, but he's gonna be like, he's gonna be the he's gonna be Ant Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> like, he has no fucking powers. Um, one thing I found, and I was gonna mention this earlier, but the High Evolutionary. I feel like if you, <laughs> I feel like if they want to do the multiverse, this is basically Sid from Toy Story. Growing yes, up. yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I had too. Hey, they're both Disney; they can pull it off. <laughs> this is like, oh, in this group, this is what he was. Uh, but um, I hated one. the uh, that this fucking the Mar. Okay, so. I think if I was watching this in theaters, I'd be impressed by the like the whole little hallway scene, one shot CGI plus practical effects fighting. It was a cool enough scene, but it was also like one of those scenes where it's like in a, in a sh- movie that was like kind of based on character development on all the shit we had uh, like our couple fight scenes. It just seemed like okay. here's the one big action shot we want to show everybody. I mean, a lot of people probably loved it. I was like, yeah, it's there. But um, it was interesting how it was shot and everything. It's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, the fucking what were they called? Those Alexis's. No, the squid. Yeah. Monsters, the murder killers, or whatever. What the fuck were they called? The Alexis's. The Alexis. The no, not those things. The they had like the army that was supposed to protect the new world was just a bunch of fucking war pig creatures, doom oh, monsters. Yeah. I was like, okay, another one of these bad. <laughs> Fucking, you can't watch a Marvel movie without getting fucking soulless CGI monsters fighting, yeah. like a trillion of them fighting. And I was like, okay, I, I honestly, the whole action end piece, I fucking checked out of this movie, <laughs> and I'll check out of every movie that ever does it, moving forward, and even the past. Like you're running the, it has to happen in Marvel, I guess. I don't know. One thing I, I, I honestly feel like there was yes, it was the last big action scene, but there wasn't much, very much actual action. Yes. Yeah, it was more just like crashing and things attacking spaceships, and the only action was really in that hallway where they everybody got their like moment to shine. Oh, it was yeah. very much that an Avengers actually, really Infinity War Endgame moment. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it it serves its purpose, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? When they're like, we gotta save the animals. And all the animals are running off. And then one of them throws a fucking monkey at a woman and tears yeah. her face off. Yeah, he's Reality, man. Like, we gotta save. Like, it's such a weird thing. It's like, we got one moment James where Rock Raccoon's fucking... crying. He's like, no. What do you expect? It's James Gunn. Literally two seconds later, a monkey is ripping someone's <laughs> face off. <laughs> And it was just some fucking random woman bad who dog. tried to help people. No, oh, he keeps calling uh, me a bad dog. Will you fucking stop? <laughs> uh, but that's like, I mean, as far as like the plot line goes, uh, I think we're kind of all on the same yeah. wavelength. I had nothing else to add for the plot. Heather? Heather? <laughs> Good ending. It's where the movie needed to go, honestly. Because you're not going to be able to pull off another movie with all the same characters again. You're going to need a change up at some point. And having the Guardians split up and go different ways and having Rocket form his own team, it sounds great until you see the end scene of them going through a playlist 
before this fighting thing and you see Sean Gunn leading the charge. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it yeah. don't work for me. No. He's such a boring character. I do want to buy a I, Zoom, He's though. a boring character. He looks so frail. I, I do want to buy a Zoom, though. I, I, I do feel like the, uh, all the, uh, the, 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 what I'm taking away from it is yeah. fucking Rocket always wanted a family, and he was pretty much a leader, uh, and Thor talked about this in, in Game or Infinity War, one of them. That's an appropriate end for him. I was like, thank God I don't have to watch another movie of this, because I wouldn't want to watch it with him, a dog, fucking, uh, Sean Gunn, and a little albino kid. Superpowered. Yeah, it's just like it. It would. It sounds like a fucking terrible spinoff if it ever happens. Uh, the thing, the ending I liked is uh, when uh, Nebula's like, "You're actually not a destroyer. You need to be a dad." I was like, "Okay, that's yeah, good." Yeah, you weren't meant that's to be a destroyer. Of, you were uh, born to be a dad. That was a good line. I think, yeah. I think Nebula and Drax's ending were my favorites. Mm-hmm. Really good endings. I, I kind of liked Quill. I liked him coming to the realization that he's got to like fucking become his own person. Yeah. And not have to rely on the people around him all the time. I kind of hated where they just shoehorned in this fucking ninety-year-old that looked like he was seventy, yeah. or whatever it was supposed to be. Yeah. And then, um, and uh, fucking Mantis's ending makes sense, but it's also like, yeah. <laughs> I would have well, just been like, she, Mantis, she stay with the fucking she had the same trajectory through her life as Quill did. I mean, her entire life was. T- Based on her serving ego and everything he wanted, I thought she would have saved Drax. I feel like her staying at nowhere would have made more sense to raise like an actual family instead of being controlled by someone. I thought she would. Her stay being with Drax. like, I'm going to. Yeah, well, he stayed at nowhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. But her going like, I'm going to go off on my own. <laughs> like, well, even even not like in a romantic setting, like the, just the two of them with each other, I, I thought paired very well. I never um, got the romantic. I got the brother sister. I I, got, I was about to say I got the brother sister vibe. I'm just saying as I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I definitely got more of a brother sister vibe. Which if you love that vibe, by the way, hint hint, you'll love the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special because that's pretty much what it is. Yes, that oh god, the fucking candy cane. There's a, there's a lot of good scenes with them too. So if you like that stuff, if you like that stuff, definitely check it out. Um, then again, if we're not gonna see anything from any of these characters except for maybe Quill after this movie. I think it's a fine ending. Yeah, Agreed. I agree. Agreed. I, th- I think that for me personally, Quill's probably the only one I would I would really get invested in terms of what's happening with him next, and it's only just because of his placement on Earth and his knowledge of space stuff. But the, the thing that was really like head-scratching, and, and maybe this is just my opinion, I wouldn't have had Rocket form a new Guardians. I don't know mm, why. No. I don't know. I just don't... That fit. Nebula said it. Gar- the galaxy still needs its guardians. Uh, it's weird because it doesn't necessarily make sense with the his idea though. Okay, so his idea with all those fucking mutant creatures was to go to the fly into the skies, right, and travel mm-hmm. all over the place. So in that respect, it makes sense, but it never seemed like his ideal scenario was fighting forever. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like a half of it's okay. The other half, I'm not, uh, I'm not totally. I'm not saying like I hated the ending. I'm just saying is that personally, I wouldn't have reformed a new version of the Guardians. But that's just that's just me. I don't know. I just felt a little. I guess it felt weird because of the fact that like there's a chance that we're probably not going to revisit these characters. It's like up oh, and we're gone. Yeah. 
I mean, I, say, I mean, I'm I say that with, sure. I was about to see that YouTube stud with this shit. <laughs> Probably. All right. I think we're back now. Oh, good timing. Uh, so we are back. Sorry. We had a little connectivity issues. Uh, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, before I'm going to ask a couple of other follow-up questions besides, and then overall thoughts slash rating of it. Um, I guess the big question is something a little different. This is, at least as far as we know right now, at the time of this recording on August 8th, uh, the last time that James Gunn will direct a MCU Marvel movie because obviously he is now uh, the co-president or whatever the fuck the title is now. Uh, of, what's that? CEO, actually. I oh, okay, I wasn't sure what the I knew it was some bullshit title. Uh, of DC Studios. So he will be leading the charge uh, on pretty much every DC project project going forward big or small having now seen guardians of the galaxy volume three and obviously we've seen all this other stuff previously before does this give you a renewed faith that the dcu is in good hands are you skeptical are you worried about some of the negative tropes from this movie carrying over or are you just kind of like well we'll see what happens I'm both skeptical and and we wait and see what happens because the DC universe is much darker and much grittier than the Marvel universe. And we all know that is not James Gunn's wheelhouse at all. <laughs> so it, it could end up being good for to have this influence in it. Um, but I'm hoping that he keeps it dark and gritty the way DC is supposed to be. Basement. I am... I think I'm more worried now than I was before seeing this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, okay, it's, 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 I'm not saying there's anything really wrong with the movie or anything like that. And I know James Gunn has, like, directed a bunch of different types of movies. Um, and it's not always like this. I know that he's done like um, he's, he's done like hor- I think he's like started out as like a horror director or something like, or a writer, right? And he yeah. still kind of like can show that aspect. And so it was shown in this movie. What I'm more worried about is how much. And I th- I think when I thought of this idea, I immediately thought of to Peacemaker. Yeah. How much of this movie is James Gunn, and how much of this movie is Marvel? And I think I'm worried because I think most of this movie is James Gunn. And that's where I go to Peacemaker. And the reason I'm worried is that style of movie making overexposed is what happened to Marvel. Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same exact thing. <laughs> and uh... the only hope I have is the clear direction that he said, I'm only doing this or that movie yes i am ceo or whatever but i'm going to give creative control to the directors that are directing other projects which is what where my only saving grace is really because if if that fucking franchise starts off similar to marvel big problems well You gotta remember the trailers for Blue Beetle have already dropped, and he's the one in charge of that movie. That movie was also in production before he was part of anything. Yeah, so, so and that movie looks like I never want to see it. So the last, so just a real asterisk here. He has actually said, basement in previous interviews that like 
the idea is that he's going to take a couple of milestone movies in the process, but like he is going to like he's he's obviously doing Superman Legacy. That's the very first big big MCU DCU. Don't want to see a James Gunn Superman. I kind of do. I want to see what he what he can what he. It's just it's such a. I know that's exactly the reasons you don't want to see it are the reasons I want to see it. The thing is, none of Superman lore lends itself to James Gunn style. I, that's why I want to see it. Which is why it could be a fucking epic disaster. <laughs> that's why it's me. You're, you're just I, we're, I we're both saying the same thing. Want, I don't want an epic disaster. DC has already fucking failed too much. I want something competent put to screen. That be and I feel like if that turn. fails, it's terrible. I was already terrible. And burn. All right. That being said, it's final rating time. What do you guys rate this movie out of ten? And what are your overall thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three? You can talk either the franchise itself in its entirety, uh, where you rank it out of the three, and then uh, any other any other closing thoughts and what you rank out of ten. I'm gonna go with Heather on this one first. I honestly cannot go any higher than a six for this movie, with mm. the downfall of not only entirely rewriting the Adam Warlock character. <laughs> But also the fact of not being able to let the big emotional points that needed those moments to breathe, to breathe, which usually James Gunn is actually good at. Well. I can't, I. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta remember, I'm going off of the first two Guardians movies where he had, where Quill had. a bit better. Yeah. Had so much. So many flashbacks of his mother and all of that, and they had thinking... those moments to breathe. But it's it's having those downfalls, and then the kind of meh final big action scene where it was literally just explosions. <laughs> Bay. Yeah, it, it it dwindled it down for me to I, I can't go higher than a six. All right, all right, basement. Oh, Heather, before, uh, he said, um, he asked basically where you put it on the oh, scale yes. of the, if you were the to, three. Yeah, the three Guardians. Guardians movies. Like, what was your favorite, least favorite, and in the middle? This one would be my least favorite. My Oh. And the order they were put out is the order I like them. All right, then. So they got worse Honestly. as we got older. Great. <laughs> That's fully understandable. Dang. Honestly, like, I, it's so weird because this movie, I'm like, I, you can rate it whatever you want. And I'd be like, okay, I can see that. Uh, for for uh, me though, um, edging, edging as far <laughs> as far as it goes with uh, this movie and where I would rate it, uh, I like when it's all said and done, I'll probably put them all together. Boo. Each movie has like, what I was gonna say. No, no, I will order them. But uh, what I was oh, fuck? Why did you speak? I had something. <laughs> oh, I I feel like it was the the story being told in the first two movies was a lot easier than the story that they were trying to tell in this one because there's almost two main stories and neither of them get told fully. Uh, it's more than two main stories, but you know, like yeah, there's I, the Quill I, story and the Rocket story. In the past, mostly was Quill, and they had like a Gamora side storyline. But um, I think as a whole, I like this movie better than the second one, and I like the first one the best. I'm trying to look at it from 
the reasons that I might like I, I might have ranked this one lower than the second one. The only reason I don't want to is because I feel like the dilution of space adventures in Marvel it hurts this movie, and I can't blame this movie for that. I can blame Marvel for it and the direction that they've taken. Um, and I could like I I went far like I finished this movie. I'm like eh. And then I'm like, was rethinking, and then I was looking into things, and I was rethinking. I'm like, I, I'll probably land at a seven out of ten for this movie. It had the potential to be an eight point five, and it also had the potential to be a fucking four. And then, uh, yeah. and then you turn into Wendy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Face <laughs> down. Um, there's too much. There's too much good about the movie for me to really knock it too much. It's a good movie. It's not a great movie. And uh, seven, and that's uh, yeah. I'll put it right in the middle. And I'm glad they're kind of done with the series. I don't really want the series to continue. I can't go any higher than six point five for a lot of the reasons that we've already discussed and kind of beaten to a dead horse. As far as order, I do the same as basement. To be honest with you, the first one was the best. I put three a little bit higher than two, but not by much. And honestly, it's only because. And this is just me. I I found this a little bit more intriguing than the ego storyline. I am a hundred percent with you. That that's that's <laughs> yeah. honest honest to God. That is probably the only reason it's higher on the, on the ranking as far as the three go. I I I think that there was. Also, I hated the second one. The second one's finale was ass. Like the end of the movie, <laughs> yeah. this fucking big monster face or whatever the fuck that was. You, you got two dads. Nope, they got no dads. Lol. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was great. Though. That was a good. That was a great thing from two dads to no dads. Lol. All the and, and the, the Quill says nothing about fucking Yon. Uh, dude, it's all Sean Gunn shit. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, whatever. I would have removed Sean Gunn and the dog from this fucking movie entirely. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I didn't hate this movie. Um, I I definitely enjoyed it. I I thought that the pros for the most part outweighed the cons for the most part. Not always. Um, I think this was a great ending for James Gunn. Oh, I shouldn't say great, but I think it was a, a suitable ending for James Gunn. I think it was a suitable ending for the Guardians. I did like the idea of them kind of, uh, there's a lot of closure in a lot of their characters, and I, I am very intrigued to see how things are going to play out with just uh, Star-Lord. Maybe he might pop up in Disney Plus series. You never know. Do you feel, yeah. here's a question for you guys, do you feel James Gunn, has there's a risk of him going Taika Waititi? Oh yes. yeah, and kind of collapsing well, in on himself. Well, no, because this movie it, is almost too much James Gunn. You, you know what's funny? I I, I I thought that at first. I I feel like James Gunn knows when to when to ground himself. In mo I mean, he doesn't let things breathe in this movie. Yes, I will admit that. But I think that. When he knows how to do a good emotional scene, he knows how to do a good grounded emotional scene. Taika fucking he threw any sort of semblance of like weight and brevity to anything out the fucking window with Thor: Love and Thunder, which is what made Thor: Love and Thunder so infuriating. It's like you did great with Ragnarok. How the fuck did you? What happened? This is where I say like there's with with people that I what I assume any director or any producer people that or in the movie making business you don't always want to release the same fucking thing and for a lot of what james gunn and i will say all the guardians of the galaxy movies are super similar that's fine but peacemaker is super similar to the guardians of the galaxy movies with an r rating 
at what point in time does James Gunn need to not do a James Gunn movie? And is that going to equate to Thor Love and Thunder? Justice League. (laughs) I I, I worry that he is going to go to James Gunn Mm -hmm. instead of maybe reel back in some of my gunnisms and do something a bit different. Because with the amount of movies that we've seen from him, if DC is this, problems there will be. Very much so. Yeah. Indeed there will be. I mean, there is that fear, but I don't think he's going to go full Taika Waititi. But I, 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 I do share your concern of oversaturation of his style. 100%. I think we're there. <laughs> Which means yeah, that I Superman mean, movie must be different. And no, if it's more of this... We'll find out. People will give it a 6 out of 10, but people will also be like, the DC Universe is doomed. I think it's next year, right? It comes out next year. Something Probably, like that, yeah. 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 Well, with that being said, ladies and germs, that's going to do it for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 here on the Marvel Roundtable. I want to thank Heather and Basement, as always, for joining me in this camaraderie and tomfoolery. And also want to thank all you cool kittens in the chat joining us live here on the YouTube channel, listening to us on your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, Heather, Basement, any last-minute tidbits before we wrap it up here? No. Uh, I would probably, if anybody's a fan of Marvel, I would recommend this movie. All right, then. I'll watch it again. I'm not going to say go watch it. If you like Marvel movies, then you'll 100% like this movie. Definitely better than Ant-Man 3. On the next time we are back here on the Marvel (laughs) On the next time on the Marvel Roundtable, we are coming back to Disney Plus as we now see what's going on with the Skrulls and Nick Fury returning back to Earth to deal with none other than a secret invasion. I have other outside of you saying I'd probably like this, Connor, I have bottom barrel expectations with that. I, uh, the exit, 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 the exit,